That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. First happy hour, I'm going to do a, a costume change, separation of church and uterus, and nevertheless, she persisted girl power because it's happy hour with Busy Phillips. Yeah! Hey. I'm here. We're going to get the joke out of the way. You were supposed to do it last week, but you were busy. Was, You've never heard that joke. Never. <laughs> just my whole life. Just my whole life. Yeah. That's all right. You, okay. I have You are already my hero. You are my hero because first of all, you not only endured talking to Louis Gohmert. It was tough. <laughs> but you kicked his ass. Oh, thanks. You were so brilliant and smart and well-spoken. And oh, thanks. He's just, and no offense. Maybe you don't want to be partisan, but he's such a... Gomert. Doofus. Yeah. He's the worst. Right. His name I, says it all. <laughs> I just... That was my favorite moment in congressional history, I think, when you just said, you know, I'm actually not a physician, but I just played yeah. one on ER. Yeah. That was fantastic. <laughs> and the look on his face, like, ah. Well, I think he got, honestly, I think he got thrown because the room kind of erupted in <laughs> laughter. And and I think, you know, look, we, but we can talk about the whole thing, but, you know, we sort of had a feeling that if anyone was going to ask me anything, it would right. be him <laughs> because he wants to try to get on Fox News. You sure, know what absolutely. I mean? Sure. And I think he maybe mistakenly thought yeah. I was an easy target. Right. Here, which look, is here's where I beat up the little stupid actress from right. Hollywood. Exactly. <laughs> and that's fine. And I'm happy to have played that part in his brain so that I could <laughs> throw him off with my joke. And I think the joke really threw him. I think he didn't know how to recover really from that and he was because also what he was asking me was completely nonsensical so i sort of like fill like kind of filibustered for a minute because yeah. i was also trying to take up his time you okay because i know you say oh, i don't like the word brave but that is brave i mean your whole campaign you know me is that you know i what is the statistics one in four women have had an abortion before the age of 45 yeah and you that's me you know me yeah you don't you think you don't know me but that that's but it is a deeply uh, personal, intense thing. And for you to go there in that public setting, mm-hmm. I know you talked about on Twitter that you were scared, but I, it really was astounding that you're there to talk about your very painful personal experience. You were raped at 14. Oh, no. Abortion the, 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 at 15. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. But the rape has nothing to do with the abortion. Right. Different. No, no, no. I got okay. it. But okay. Anyway, but, but <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but then she, there's a woman there that survived an abortion. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what do you think about that? And you were like, well. I'm not here to talk about birth. I'm here to talk about abortion. Like, right. what, what does he think you were going to say? Well, I would have tried to kill her again. In here's fact, the, I'd like to kill her now. Like, here's what? the thing. They're it's just not, trying to change the narrative. They're just trying to, to talk shift. about her experience. Right. But they're just trying. They're they're They realize that. I'm like, look, the latest statistic was yesterday, I believe, from NPR. 77% of Americans yeah. are in favor of safe, legal abortion yeah. with access uh, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a vast majority of this country but the small minority has been so loud and so vocal for so long screaming half truths myths truths and this is their latest you know attempt is to shift the narrative from what we know which is that 93 percent of abortions happen in the first trimester abortion is a safe medical procedure and they're trying to make this conversation 
be about something that is a total anomaly. Um, the the woman that testified um, on behalf of the Republican side, yeah. you know, tells her her story, her personal story, and um, I can't speak to that, but I can speak to that it that, seems like malpractice and not something that would happen in yeah. any way, shape, or form at any point. But it shows how clueless now. men are. That, that, that well, at least Louis Gohmert, that you're just like what. You're asking her to comment on another woman's experience that she's not here to talk about. I think what he was trying to get me to say is that babies shouldn't be murdered. I believe that's what he wanted me to say. Well, no, of course, sir. Babies should not be murdered. (laughs) Like, you know, I I, because that's what they want. They just want to keep repeating the same bullshit so that they can busy you said it you said first of all this is before most women know they're pregnant Mm -hmm. i I mean i love what you said you said the only why women should have to provide is that you she has bodily autonomy you said i'm Mm -hmm. so sad we have to sit here in front of a row of politicians and give deeply personal statements because the why doesn't matter it Mm -hmm. should not matter i am a human being that deserves autonomy in this Mm -hmm. country that calls itself free i mean that was just so powerful thank you uh, you know i just um yeah i'm so proud of you i don't thank even you. know you but i know everyone feels like <laughs> yeah you're their best friends well, this is the first so it's not just a, me i was say this is the first time we've ever had a guest who canceled on us because they were going to testify, testify. before Congress. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you're going to have an excuse. I was like, excuse, oh, okay, better. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, okay, better, better. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can live with this. I mean, you know, i do it, it's interesting because uh look it, they, uh, the other side, the anti-choice uh, side, has their views, and their views are really based in religious ideology, and yeah. that was an interesting part for me of being a part of this process. Was sitting in front of, um, you know, this subcommittee, the judicial subcommittee um, on the Constitution, civil rights, and civil liberties, and to listen to. Uh, the Republican uh, leader of that of wait, what is it called? Sorry, no, I'm blanking. House Judiciary? No, he's the he's not the chairman. The chairman's the Democrat. Cohen, oh, yeah, the, the ranking member. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was blanking on ranking member. So listen to ranking member Johnson speak for his five minutes. Uh, you know, very sincerely, um, that life begins at conception. That we, you know, that um, we are all created in his own image. I mean, he was like literally talking about God, you know, and that these men mostly are legislating based on their religious beliefs and their religious ideologies and not actually what their constituents want. Because obviously we know that the majority of, I mean, vast majority of Americans believe that this should be safe and legal for everybody yeah and who wants ra- it? rare safe and legal as we used to say no one wants an abortion no one i mean that that well, was some people so, do. Well, well yeah but i mean i'm talking about how <laughs> you know personal this was to you that it was right. a difficult decision it's yeah. not like people are like woohoo you know i mean right. it's uh, they have a yeah. they have a tendency to try to demonize women and healthcare providers um for the choices that they make about their bodies and that has in the last 20 years i believe really pushed women um who have made the choice to have an abortion, who have had abortions, uh, feel a great deal of shame and have forced them to feel as though they can't talk freely about it with their friends, with their colleagues, with their family members. And uh, part of the impetus behind me wanting to, you know, say on my late night show that I had an abortion when I was 15 um, and open the conversation to social media in the way that I did, although there have been plenty of other uh, you know, there's hashtag shout your abortion. There's hashtag I had an abortion. There are other hashtags that existed before you know me. But I uh, I just felt like here's the deal, guys. This The other side has been so loud. They're in the minority. Yeah. We're in the majority. We have to just be loud. But we see, just have to be loud. I, I'm not being a typical Hollywood uh, suck up because clearly I work in my basement. <laughs> but <laughs> it is so powerful what you're doing. And it reminded me of um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Remember, she's like one in four women get breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Today that woman is me. You know, right. and it, when you use your voice for something that's so personally painful and emotional, I mean, just in case people don't know, just to reset, in the wake of Alabama's uh, 
right, the passage of the this bill, the whatever that they called it. Um, that's where you started the hashtag you know me with call for other testimonies. You said one in four women have had an abortion. Many people think they don't know someone who has, but you hashtag you know me. Uh, yeah. So let's do this. I'm a gay woman, and I said, you know, this sort of like you know the, the, the how we got marriage equality, which I didn't think would happen in my life, mm-hmm. is because you know someone. It's like, oh, it's your sister, or mm-hmm. aunt, uncle, mm-hmm. or, or niece, neighbor, or neighbor or, lawyer, yeah. dentist, or oh, oh, like you know. But that's why that's so personal, powerful. Pers- and you said, yeah. let's share it and start to end the shame. Use you know me, share your truth. And so you just said, I am a human being that deserves autonomy in a country that's free. And it's just, I thought it was so powerful Thank that you. every individual's circumstances are different. And I, I'm not as um, highbrow as you are this morning. I speculated on the show that Louis Gomert perhaps has issues because maybe he was removed from the womb with like salad tongs and, or something that there's a shape of his head <laughs> that has something to do with what's going on with his brain is what I, okay. Busy. Uh, yeah. Maybe an early childhood injury there. Something. A tractor. There is a disconnect for sure. There is. I didn't, what I did, I didn't want to get kicked out, you know. So you have to like, you do have to toe the line because I, I really didn't want to be kicked out. Um, I wanted to like, ask did you him say if like he congressman? That terrorist babies should have been aborted. Because you know, remember when he spread the lie about terrorist yep. babies? Yep. Yes. Remember when he just yep. made that up out yep. of nowhere? Yep. Terrorist baby. Did you feel like saying congressman? Are you really fucking a congressman? Seriously? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me answer that. Uh, yeah. He um, was. Um, but I, you teamed up with ACLU. I love that, that Tina Fey was the one who's was your, is your yes. producer on your show. Mm-hmm. But you. She texted you and said you should start a hashtag thing. Yeah. She said I've been she's thinking about. She's not on about, social media. But, no, she, was, not. Right, right. but she was like, I've been thinking about the statement that you made on the show last night. I was talking to a friend about it who had also had an abortion and she thought that it was a really powerful way and very simplistic way to say it. You know, um, just, you know me, you don't have to say why you don't have to say when you don't have to say anything else. Just, you know me. And Tina was like, I think you should start that hashtag. I feel like people would like it. And also inspired by Tarana Burke's, um, you know, hashtag me too, Mm -hmm. which really I feel like made such a huge impact. You know, it's not just, about women sharing their stories in the New York Times. It was about women sharing their stories of everyday harassment and sexual assault that made a lot of men that I'm friends with a lot of, you know, and look, I live and work here in Los Angeles and Hollywood, friends with a lot of liberal dudes. And they were like, wait, really? It's that bad? It's that bad for women? You know what I mean? So I think that that was part of what I was hoping with the you know me would happen. And I think it did. I mean, and I just saw, to start a conversation, it was good. I saw the ad you tuned uh, to with uh, ACLU. Mm-hmm. I saw the ad on, you know, all over MSNBC, CNN. But I mean. That's what Stephanie watches all afternoon. So, yeah. So there's you, no chance I was going to miss that. It's burned into her brain. People ask me, yeah. did you watch whatever? I'm like, if Rachel Maddow didn't say it, I didn't see it. <laughs> um, but so talk about the reaction to it. Because you talked about that a little bit. Because you said you were overwhelmed, you know, mm-hmm. the support, you know, you said certainly there's some people that call me names on Instagram, but the support has been overwhelmingly yeah. positive. Yeah, I would say it's been the majority of it has been positive. And then beyond that, I don't know if five years ago I would have been emotionally tough enough or strong enough to deal with the trolls. Um, right. But I feel empowered by a few things. Number one, um, I don't care. <laughs> good good i have that and that i've been doing this for so long that i'm like i i more people call me a cunt before 6 a.m than most people all day long so i'm just like eh, okay yeah and and number two it felt like at this moment in particular that it it just feels so much bigger than a couple people yeah trolling me on instagram or on twitter you know yeah. i just feel like the women that are going to be affected by this um you know women who are already living in poverty, women who, um, you know, are live in rural areas, um, you know, women of color, uh, transgender people, like, uh, you know, the people, there are so many people that are going to be affected by this. And so that are, that are not, you know, that are, that's not me, (laughs) but if I can use my voice and my platform to try to mitigate some of the horrific things that are, you know, could happen if these laws actually get put into, um, place because you know none of them have gone into effect yet it's 2020 right. that's why we have to speak out right I mean, because you're a woman of privilege yeah by the way part of the message you're sending is how are you ever going to stop rich women like me in hollywood from getting mm-hmm. abortions oh you yeah know? no and it, it's like gloria steinem wrote this great thing a long time ago about if we put men that want to buy guns through the same gauntlet 
we put women through. Right. I know. I some love states that. there's one abortion clinic and there's what, you know, mm-hmm. what women have to go through. is yeah. just uh, The woman um, that who has the last standing clinic and I believe she's the last standing provider in Alabama was also on the congressional um, panel with me and she was really incredible. And, uh, you know, she's just very committed to providing complete health care for the women of Alabama. And that includes being able to provide abortions. And I think that people are very, I mean, we know people are very reductive, right? Like everyone is about everything always. But, you know, I think that what the anti-choice people have been really good at is is making it a single issue that people can kind of like latch onto, which is like, yeah. don't murder babies. Um, right. That's yeah. what they, that's what yeah. they say. Right. Um, and we don't want to murder babies. Uh, but the the also really unbelievably sad truth is so many women who need to have abortion care uh, need to for medical reasons. Yeah. They're, you know, some in many, many cases, they're very yeah. wanted. Remember we've been through this before. Fetuses. Remember Rush Limbaugh calling. um Sandra Fluke, a slut, because she testified like you did. She's brave enough mm-hmm. to go before Congress to talk about how she needs birth control pills for endometriosis. Mm. And it, it, slut right. or like just I went on CNN. I tell this story at that point talking about this. And I got all I got all this email, which I'm sure you've gotten that they were like, you, you just close want your, your free yeah, birth control pills, you whore. And I'm like, well, yes, as a middle aged lesbian, I am <laughs> eating those up like Skittles. So, yes, you're correct. This is I mean, it's interesting there. The one of the the other personal, you know, people on the panel giving her own personal experience was this young girl. Did you watch the whole thing? The, I did you watch the whole thing, it? but I, I, this girl, the important H, part that you were in. <laughs> well, she gave her test uh, her testimony last. This girl, HK Gray is her name, and she's 18 years old. And um, she got pregnant when she was 15. She had a baby when she was 16 years old. She went to get an IUD so she wouldn't get pregnant again. She's raising her child. She went to get an IUD so she couldn't get pregnant again in the state of Texas. She was denied because you need parental consent. Her father is homeless and her mother is incarcerated. So it's yeah. she can't get parental consent, nor yeah. could she yeah. get emancipated. So she didn't get the IUD. She didn't get birth control. Meanwhile, this 16-year-old girl is raising a child that she can make all of the medical decisions for right but she the state does not allow her insane. to get birth control for herself insane it's insane um all right let's wait a minute first of all for yes, god's sakes what? we just got so political <laughs> we had a political nerdgasm Sorry. but uh, no that's ladies awesome and gentlemen if you don't busy phillips good god we probably all know her from something else right uh freaks, lots of stuff freaks yeah. and geeks dawson's creek uh cougar town where you were uh, award-winning we yeah. think cougar town clips there's a Drinking is a big part of the, the morning radio show. Yeah. We play clips from Cougar Town yeah, all the time. We actually drink. Commercial breaks. We only drink during this, which we were very happy that you accepted a, what are you drinking? A, what I is know, it? A tequila, tequila and soda. soda. Thank you. Tequila, tequila and what? Tequila, tequila and soda. And soda. Tequila and very soda. simple. Yeah. yeah. Very nice. It's a rose um, tequila. Mm-hmm. We have a lot in common. Uh-oh. <laughs> we both had a late night show canceled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although you did. Yours was really fantastic. And uh, you might there might be Emmy uh, stuff. And you might get picked up somewhere else, which that... This is how I ended up, but this is not you, Busy. (laughs) What network was your show on? Uh, It was syndicated by Disney. It It was syndicated, and then on Fox? In 1995, when I was It was like on the UPN and WB network. What that was. I I took uh, um, uh, Jon Stewart's slot when his late, and I had twice Jon Stewart's ratings. He had a late night show that got canceled. People don't remember. Because you talk a little bit about the sexism mm-hmm. where I it is sort of amazing. I had the exact same ratings as Conan O'Brien, but he was on a network and he was a guy and he had a contract. Uh, you know, John Stewart, God love him, is brilliant. Got another chance on The Daily Show. But well, they all I, get other chances. I mean, you've yeah, got you got six months. I got like 13 <laughs> weeks. But you I mean, but it is interesting. I mean, first of all, I loved what you tweeted. You said we're proud that Busy Tonight writing staff was 100 percent female. Mm-hmm. Our creative team, producers, field team, director, et cetera, was 93 percent female, 43 percent diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but you you were included, you know, in Emmy hopefuls for 2019. And mm-hmm. listen to me, motherfuckers in Hollywood. <laughs> you picked this show up. 
you give this a brilliant woman another chance because Thanks. like you I, I swear to god i felt like i was having a flashback reading your thing i landed in dallas i got a text from my manager saying let me know when you're in the car Uh-oh. there's no good yeah. way to tell you this yeah. i remember it was a christmas time they were like merry christmas your show's canceled well, they actually replaced it with danny bonaduce yes right for a couple well, of i nights. remember that <laughs> yes that was me <laughs> the Stephanie Miller show starring Danny Bonaduce. Yeah. <laughs> the show business angel of death. And so you said, you know, people talk about looking for white spaces in the market and then you're like, oh, wait, maybe the white space is this for a reason because they don't give it a chance. They pull mm-hmm. the plug. And, yeah. you know, you're, I mean, though we're both turning 40 this week. <laughs> Shut up. Um, <laughs> you're much younger. And it's just... You're right, and there also are so many niches now. Mm-hmm. There's so many places for content that mm-hmm. I am begging you, Hollywood, it, yeah. it, because I do think that's true. I look at what's happened to Hillary, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is part of this whole female blue mm-hmm. wave, the women's marches. We Women are fucking pissed, yeah. man. The most qualified woman in history got rack fucked out of the presidency, yeah, and there was a lot of misogyny in that campaign. Oh, yeah. And it, it's just, I think that that was like a turning point for me personally. I I guess because I always sort of, I don't know, I guess because I, I, I knew on some level, uh, how misogynistic and patriarchal our society was, but I sort of thought ultimately, I don't know, it, it wasn't or something. And then I guess when, when Hillary won, but lost and, and Trump was, elected i just had a real reckoning with what is our country and what are the messages that we're sending through our media through the television shows that we watch through the late night programming that we watch and how do we shift the narrative how do we change it yes yes and busy i feel like that you know there's such a a, a confluence here and everything we're talking about about women getting second chances Mm -hmm. joe biden's run how many times i mean god love him I'll vote for him if he's the nominee. He's a fine man, but he's run how he's many times before? Right now. But he's got to stop. Right, Bernie can run again. He's almost eighty. <laughs> but like Hillary, of course, has to absolutely shut the fuck up and go yeah. get. And it's just, I think it's, I love her. Like I love her. Like don't give a fuck attitude though. Now yes. on Twitter, like nothing makes me happier yes. than when she's I know. like salty Hillary on with Twitter. no fucks to give. <laughs> absolutely. But that was also she too, oh, so happy. when she was secretary of state and it was like text from Hillary and she's out drinking with secret service. In yeah. Columbia she had and it was a like, 70% it was approval cool rating. Hillary. Everyone loved her. I mean, this she is, is cool. this, is, this yeah. is what Russia did though. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. This is what Russia did that people still don't even realize in this town hall. We were just talking about, they're like, well, you know, but I can vote for her Benghazi. You're like, that's a completely made up story that she was exonerated in. But I, I you know, I but guess this I'm, is this other thing that's happening. This all has to do with media. I mean, I really do believe it. It all it all comes back right. to the stuff that we consume yeah. um, for entertainment and for news. And I think that in the last like 20 years, there's just been such a decline in what's available to the masses in yeah. this country in terms of the quality of stuff and the messaging that's getting across and in broadcast television i mean with like yeah. the advent of the worst reality tv you can imagine mm-hmm. right 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 all of a sudden like americans are getting dumber and dumber yep. all of the good shows go to the go to well, the go to is, the channels that you let have me to make pay another for. pitch because i believe in you yeah and i love you already and i don't even know you but I've watched, I watched a bunch of stuff of your show, Busy on the E! Network. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was, it just reminded me, because you're, uh, well, if I wasn't also turning 40, you could be my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, but I just thought, like, I had the same thing. I had great reviews. Not necessarily uh-huh. the show, me personally. You, great reviews. You, your show is great. And I'm just saying that you got six months mm-hmm. with that kind of buzz is, I feel like it is congruous to female candidates and mm-hmm. Hillary and, you know, all of that. Because so, I remember thinking like, oh, I'm going to be able to do all kinds of stuff. And I couldn't get arrested after right. my late night show got canceled. And I thought, and yet again, Jon Stewart with half my ratings right. got the Daily Show. Conan O'Brien with exactly my ratings got a multi-year contract. Well, you look at like and who's I feel making like you, the choice, like yeah. who's making but the you decisions. Need, you, I yeah. mean, the man. your the voice man. is, Thank particularly you. after this, you know, and I know that wasn't something you, because you said in your monologue, on your show, you're like, we don't really get political here. And this is not what I really want. Yeah. But your voice is so powerful. Like, there's got to be another place for you to, you know what I mean? Because that, anyway. Yeah. I think right, so. I'm on, no, a, I think I'm on a crusade. W- I think there will be. I, you know, I just think that 
we culturally need to look at the choices that we're making, but also that are being given to us. And that is, again, like, like we just Mm -hmm. said, you know, we talk about inclusivity and um, diversity and then the top people in charge of making the decisions all still look exactly the same Mm -hmm. and they're going to gravitate toward things that reflect themselves, not what reflect the rest of the world or, or even ideologically speaking, what the, what should be reflected, what the rest of the world like should be striving toward, Mm -hmm. you know? So you get like two, you know, what's his name? That horrible abuser puts like two and a half men on the air for, a million years, you know, which is just reinforcing like terrible ideas about women and men. And- Charlie Sheen has also done the happy hour. So let's just. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I, nothing, I don't know him personally. I just, right. you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I know, I hear you. you know, Jimmy Kimmel just did the, the reboot of the Norman Lear stuff, yeah. the, you know, the Jefferson's and all in the family Archibald. and all in the family. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you look at those shows and you think like, wow, that man really, I mean, was obviously brilliant for so many reasons, but he also sort of culturally looked at the climate of the country at the time. And he was like, wait, how can I make an impact on our society through art and but through, you got to make them laugh first, and that's what you. You know. have to be All subversive. Right. Let's you talk. can't. No one want, Listen. No one wants to watch the Daily Show in the middle in the red states. No one wants to watch Samantha Bee or John Oliver in the red states. Yeah. But you know what they will watch? Me with fucking tequila, telling them that like <laughs> we should be able to you know talk about our periods yep. and that women should be paid equally. And you can't hit people over the head with it. No one fucking wants that. Yeah, everyone's right. an expert. Yeah. I hear you know yeah. what I mean? If you make them laugh, they, you don't, they don't realize they learned something. Exactly. They're like, oh, but no funny. one, yeah. but somewhere along the line, we like collectively, the it, entertainment industry was like, we're just going to appeal to the lowest common denominator and like people can get hit in the nuts and like marry, you know, get married off to a construction wor- worker yeah. and we'll lie to them and it'll tell them it's a millionaire and like, that's the, what we're yes, going to go yes. for. Let's talk about what else we have in common. Uh, Chris and I both lived in Chicago. You were you were born in Oak Park. Oak Park, which is you know, and <laughs> uh, one thing you can't do in Oak Park is uh, is park. You yeah. can't park. There's no park in there. You got to go out the eyes. I lived off the uh, uh, the uh, Pulaski in uh, yeah, all near Schamburg. Yeah, the I know other Polacks. And then I lived off Wacker there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my so mom, but- my mom and dad were um, both born and raised in. Yeah, Chicago. Chicago. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I was like many generations Chicagoan. Yeah. Um, my grandfather was the president of the Pipe Fitters Union. Nice. Yeah. That back is like in the, the day. most Chicago nice. job the ever. The most Chicago you could be. <laughs> yeah. Pipe Fitter, you're just happy to see me. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. And awesome. uh, my other grandfather was editor of a news like a, a small newspaper in the 50s that i became got absorbed into another newspaper i don't know my mom knows the whole story i don't really but know, you but. okay so you're like me i was born in dc but because my dad was a congressman and ran for vice president but i was only three so i don't remember dc we moved to lackport which is also good because that flat a was also available <laughs> Love a flat a. yeah because from lackport yeah i yeah. took the skijakwita but you uh lived worked and lived in arizona so right. you moved to arizona yeah so that's where you really know i really grew up yeah. in arizona i really grew up um um, Chaparral High School. Chaparral High School. I went to Chaparral. <laughs> Chaparral. Yeah. Um, also some A's in there. Uh, Hi. Yeah. And uh, and then moved out here for college and I went to Loyola Marymount University and then started acting when I was 19, 20 years old. Nice. Okay, wait. So on that, television. you have, get your story straight, woman. You have, you were named Busy by your mom or a babysitter named Susie. Which is it? I'm not, I'm, it's unclear. The, the babysitter <laughs> thing, yeah, you, I mean, Stephanie, you have to read my book. Like, the, the stories. I, oh, listen, I haven't read it yet, but I've read almost every clip about it, and I will read it this weekend. my family are very, it's very hard to disseminate, like, what's real and what's not. So, I, we think that it was this babysitter, Shishi was her, what I called her. Shishi. Okay. Um, who was, would call me the busy baby, busy Lizzie. Oh. And then by the, but, but in my baby book, by the time I'm six months old, my mom didn't write much in my baby book. Cause I was the second kid, but, um, by the time <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, she's the other and the other one. And yeah. by the way, something. I now as a mother totally get it. Like I always felt such a personal affront about it growing up. And now my second kid who is 
a true delight. I'm obsessed with her. She's fantastic. Cricket. I think I wrote four Cr- things in her baby book. Yeah. But anyway, by the Cricket time I'm six and- months, Birdie. Birdie's my almost Okay, so you're old. like, I was tortured with a weird name. So I am going to and made mommy strong mm-hmm. and learn how to get along. So I'm going to give you weird names, too. Is I that how weird names. Birdie, first of all. Birdie is like, Cricket? Birdie is like a throwback to the 1950s. Yeah, okay. Is. Oh, that kind um, of got it. And Cricket is a nickname, technically, but we... As I grew up with a nickname for Elizabeth, mm-hmm. I decided that if we wanted to name her a nickname, we wanted to call her Cricket. We were just going to name her Cricket because I hated that first day of school with your new teachers. And they say, Elizabeth. And then you have to explain, yeah. I actually like to be called busy. And then they give you a look uh-huh. and roll their eyes. <laughs> What's so, it like when you arrive at a restaurant with your family? Busy? Cricket? I mean, Stephanie, we're, we're in L.A. Yeah. So, honestly, <laughs> right. like... Their kids named Apple. I mean, what if Those you're there average with, names. Yeah. If you're there with, I don't know, like, you know, what's his... I think what, there are four what, different what boys. What am I thinking of? You know, Demi Moore's kids. Like, what if there's, Scout, like, a bunch Scout of... Scout rumor. Yeah. Hollywood names, and everyone's confused. I They're think like, at my daughter's elementary school, there are four boys named Wolf. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think, like, nice. you know, there's, like, there's a lot of yeah. unique names happening. Yeah. But honestly, I would take my girls' names over. I love them, actually. You know, some yeah. names that I've heard. I love them. I love them. <laughs> Don't want to get so too wait, specific. I'm not going to yeah. shame anyone. So wait. You know, shame some kids in her class. Yeah. <laughs> no. Just, yeah. Talking to you, Wolf. Um, <laughs> wolf, not a blitzer. Um, you went to Loyola Marymount, mm-hmm. and you dated uh, where you met Colin Hanks, Tom mm-hmm. Hanks, on a date awesome. for a while. Mm-hmm. Who, Colin, who's was, also a talented actor. Yeah, he was my he was my college boyfriend. Oh, um, and we both he got Ros the TV show Roswell, and I got Freaks and Geeks the same pilot season, and then we both left school to be actors on TV. We dated for a while, and um. Now our families are very close friends and they're, Aww. yeah, he and his wife, his wife is like one of my closest friends oh, cool. and it's really nice. You're like everyone's best friend. All right. Can we just talk about my favorite thing that you worked in the toy fair circuit mm-hmm. as a real life Barbie? This is a true story. Among, uh, I think also Kristen Chenoweth did that, but you were spotted at the toy convention by Sharon Stone, who was so impressed mm-hmm. with your performance that she told you you would be a star. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, is that in my? That might be in my book. What, I yes, can't remember. What is, what is what is a toy fair circuit? What do you do well, as a, a fair, real life Barbie? A, it's just an industrial like fair for toys for the toy market, and all the toy buyers come and they choose. I mean, of course, like toy stores don't even exist anymore. I don't know what right. they do. They still do it, but it's like where they, you know, it's like, like, like new, the new toys. toys. Yeah, yeah, it's like what E three is for uh, gaming right. and electronics. It's like this, yeah. this is like they introduce the new toys for the next year. The Consumer right. Electronics Show is in Vegas every year. Exactly. Like, yeah. oh, okay. It's any tra- right. it's any sort of trade show, but right. it's for toys and Mattel. But what do you do as a real life Barbie? One. Well, they you dress you up. Yeah, they dress you up. Uh, this is what they used. This was in the nineties um, and early two thousands. Uh, actually, I didn't do it in the early 2000s, but in the late mm-hmm, 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, they dress you up as a life-size version of the doll, and then you have a script about, you know, projected sales, why this doll is unique, why they should purchase this doll for their stores or <laughs> whatever, and, like, statistics. Mm-hmm. And we predict 14% growth, and with <laughs> Barbies, we know that girls are trending toward, you know, hair dye. So this Barbie you, <laughs> comes with a special chalk for her hair, and then you, the Fantastic. girl can use it on herself. And you do this spiel for the buyers, for the toy buyers, and that's how, and they move Listen, through. I, I don't know if you can tell, but I, you are already my new best friend. I'm a lipstick less, and I need <laughs> Stephanie beauty tips from you because you talk about eyelashes. I don't. I need to figure out eyelashes. I can't. I did the extensions right now. I just noticed. I know. Yeah, that's what, one that, That's my problem. Off. That's my problem. I need beauty tips from her because I, I had extensions, and then they're a pain in the ass, and they're expensive. I don't do any of that. You about an eyelash curler. I, I you curl. Said, yes, I'm obsessed with. I think I'm. Oh no! Oh, I just well, switched first. Right. My friend gave this to me for my birthday, but I oh, I'm almost always. Always travel with an eyelash curler. Is it going off? Yes. I'm having a Britney Spears because I'm so touched that you're here. (laughs) Um, Busy Phillips is also a best-selling author. This book sounds fantastic. I seriously have to read it. This will only hurt a little. Debuted on the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, that was exciting. I learned about you from your congressional testimony. You're like, I'm a mom of two kids, 10 and 5, little girls. I'm a best-selling author. Like, I feel like I knew you. (laughs) Um, But so, and I love this review. It says, many autobiographies you know, autobiographical books by famous actresses such as Phillips almost never meet the quality of their film or TV work, but Phillips is the exception. Oh, that's really nice. I don't know where you read that, but that's nice. It doesn't matter. I don't, <laughs> I try not to read stuff like that for myself, personally. But there's, I, I want to talk to you about some stuff in it because I okay. thought, 
it's so relatable to women. Doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? Gay, straight, old, young, whatever. You say a famous, gorgeous, now former guy friend of yours told her people would think she was truly beautiful. She talked less. Mm-hmm. That her personality is just a lot. Mm-hmm. How many times have I heard that? Oh, yeah, I'm well, sure. Men love a woman who, and I. There's part part of me that I I don't know. It's hard to nail down sexuality mm-hmm. physically. Like I was attracted to and in love with men when I was younger, but I, I you know. I would just say men have a hard time with really strong women. And you say exactly the thing I thought. You said men love a woman who laughs at the joke, especially if the joke's at her expense. Yeah. Like my experience was yeah. men think a woman with a sense of humor mm-hmm. means she she thinks you're funny. Mm-hmm. Like she laughs at your jokes. That's right. And that they can also sort of, the joke can always be at your expense and you, and right. you can laugh it off. Right. You know, I think that's like a super misogynistic way that yeah. men relate to strong women. Right. Obviously. Well, you've obviously, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've overcome that because I think I remember dating another male comic when I lived in Chicago mm-hmm. and I had a morning drive radio mm-hmm. show at that time. And I remember, you know, we had a, both sets one night at a club and I had a really great set. And I just remember he said, oh, you know, you make more in an hour than I make in like a, you know, <laughs> like a year or something. And I was like, oh, this is not sure enough. Like that lasted like another right. week or two. Right. <laughs> I was right. like, oh, well. Okay. It takes a really strong, uh, it shouldn't, but it tip, it has, historically speaking. Although I think generation, I think it's generational too. I think that millennials yeah. mm-hmm. and probably the younger generation is not going to have at this, a similar thing that we have. Because we, by the way, our generation, you're a little bit older than me. <clears throat> no, no, no. But like your generation, my generation, we didn't have it modeled for us. We didn't really have it yeah. modeled for us. You and were so, like, oh my God, I know your nephew. Or you said cousin. I was like, yes, let's go with cousin. It's my nephew, Paul Fitzgerald. Oh, the yeah. best. Handsome, romantic, my tiny baby nephew. Best. You know, Handsome, romantic, can I just tell you a real... Talented actor, the stories director, in, The writer. stories in the book. Um, Paul and I got so drunk at a wedding. Um, he's good <gasps> friends with my he's husband. He's in your book? He's in, yeah. I think, I might have changed his name. You know, people who, it depends, uh, names. Yeah, but anyway. sure, sure. Um, yeah. So drunk at a wedding um, in Napa Valley, and he was spinning me on the dance floor. Paul Fitzgerald can dance like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was spinning oh. me on a dance floor, and uh, the bride is like, I see her dancing up to me, and I was like, oh, hey, girl, hey. And she's like, just gently tucks my entire left boob back into my dress. <laughs> yeah. Your tit, your tit. I was tit, I was a tit, tit yeah. out at yeah. the wedding, yeah. dancing. And One she tit was, out, yeah. Pa- because, of, because of Paul. Well, because Paul uh, does that to he women. Just, he does. Yeah. The boobs just came flying out. And uh, and she was like, uh, yeah, the photographer had to come find me outside because you were ruining so many shots. <laughs> <laughs> We've never had to use pixelating. Mortified. Oh, and Paul no. was like, darling, I didn't even notice. I, didn't, I was just I looking. Know. At, he's like, darling, I was just looking in your eyes. Darling. Like, oh. oh, my God. He always says, darling. Yeah. Darling. darling. I was uh-huh. in the dance, darling. man. I was just looking it's in your eyes. It's that Lynchburg in him. I love it. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's incredible. Southern gentleman. <laughs> he really is. Nephew. He really yeah. is. Yeah. And then I went and found my husband, and I was like, oh, we weren't married yet. So, he was my boyfriend, and I was like, you, this is what happens when you won't dance with me. Like, <laughs> like, like, so, so wait, explain. Angry. Your husband is my uh, husband is director. Uh, uh, yeah, a writer and a director, Mark Silverstein, and his writing partner and directing partner is a woman named Abby Cohn, who went to college with Paul Fitzgerald, which nice. was my nephew. Yeah, so that's how we knew. But anyway, but uh, okay, so much fascinating stuff to get to. But so he directed you in I Feel Pretty, the mm-hmm. yes. Amy Schumer movie, yes, which you were in last year. Because you talk again, talk about girl issues, like just. Uh-huh body image stuff mm-hmm. we also have something else in common we both also gone to soul cycle still drunk which is fantastic i love it when that tequila comes out of your pores <laughs> when you're on the bike I, well you know it's like a, there's a fine line between hungover and still drunk yeah, but yeah yeah you still go fine line yes because that wolf won't eat itself or whatever. no right the, what you're, if you're not feeding the right wolf yeah. right yeah have you heard that soul no. cycle story no we what? all have two wolves inside us one is angry and jealous and something the other wolves whatever and you know you're like which oh wait wins which wolf wins yes yeah the one you feed the one you feed wait, the you one you Angela? fucking feed yes wait so Angela's you, my guru wait you must she's my guru too and i talked about her in my book oh my god what? She, oh, you need to read her book immediately you must know my husband mark from so he goes to angela every class well, i moved to hollywood now because i live closer to here but i used to always go to west hollywood and i try to get to angela when i can we're speaking Soul Cycle now. You don't speak Soul Cycle, but I go to Hollywood now. You know to she's Pixie. in I Feel Pretty, Angela. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mark put her in the movie. That's where Amy yeah. 
falls off the yeah, bike and Marco's passes the out. pixie too. I'm going to show you a picture of my husband. You know him. I, you, I probably do. One, no, you 100% oh know him. Oh, my God. But like, oh what's God. weird is that, yes, what's weird is that Paul is your nephew and a dear friend of ours, but also that this is my husband. You know this guy? Look. Wait. Uh, oh, you know, I can picture him in spandex. Yes. Yeah, he wears like shorts and a, and a tank top. Okay. Yeah. As your husband. Okay. Okay. I... All right, so wait a minute. That's amazing. Uh, you also, I loved what you said because you're so sort of hopeful in the book. You say it only, you talk about advice you got actually from um, uh, Linda Cardellini. Mm-hmm. You said it only takes one job to change your life. And right. I thought, you know, you talk about busy, your struggles like we all have. I, by the way, Travis, is it a good or bad sign that my because Trump wine glass broke right before Busy got here? Does <laughs> that mean it? It, we're fucked or does that mean like maybe we're almost done? You we don't, don't need, need it anymore. our because that Trump? That's the world telling you you don't need that wine glass anymore. That means he's going. I, I hope so. Yeah. I hope he doesn't start a word. I try to stay there. <laughs> ah, thank you. Okay. Um, But anyway, but you just talk about because we, try, we've all had people that have either passed away or just are really mm-hmm. dealing with serious personal stress on top of... Mm-hmm. Trump stress, right? And and I, but anyway, I just thought like it's that thing, right? They say like you know that it's always darkest before the you know the right. light, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But you said it only takes one job to change your life, and mm-hmm. I thought like I'm, you know, same thing for me. Like you know, I'm single, and I'm always wanted that forty year conversation my parents have, and I'm thinking like, but everyone says, oh well, dating sucks until it doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until you meet that one, it takes one person, it takes one job, right. and I think like I was felt suicidal and was out of work for two years after my latest tv show was canceled mm-hmm. and i met ron my guy that business partner and i who's... make fun of him but like you know it, like a white knight appeared and you know we started this show what 15 years ago yep. and i thought like it takes one job to change your life it takes one person yeah. i keep talking about it in this age of trump like do one random act of kindness mm-hmm. it takes one person it takes one job it takes one mm-hmm. it, it is amazing isn't it yeah it is and like and and i think that you can that can help keep you optimistic in dark times and then you realize that it also is cumulative it also takes all the other jobs that came before it you know what i mean it also takes yeah, all the other you to be what yeah in order for you to to either be, be able to recognize it be able to latch yeah. on to yeah. it you know you picking him him picking you to partner with but you talk- you you had that because of all your experience previously but right. you too when you talk about i mean just your honesty you probably get this as saved lives right oh i don't i know. mean you talked about I'm suffering like- <laughs> from postpartum depression yeah. which yeah. again is another thing a lot of yeah. women and you said, you know, struggling with mental illness, I think, is actually getting help feels so difficult. And I felt this. I just had a friend say, you know, like, because my mom is broke her hip. She's 96. She just has Alzheimer's. I'm, I'm going through a lot of stress myself. But in, you said, I, I felt like, like, ugh, I have to find someone and then go explain all the things I'm thinking and feeling. No, that's okay. I'm just going to stay here in my brain that won't stop turning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's me. Yeah. I mean, I literally, there's so much I write about you busy. That I was like, oh, that's me. Yeah. Like, a lot of people But a lot that. of women do that. <laughs> Seriously. Like, that's why you're resonating with so many women. You're like, I do know you. Oh, yeah. I know you. <laughs> yeah. Well, even some guys feel that way too. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I well, felt no, that way. No, of course. Yeah. Of course. But I'm I talking about that. her specific yeah. stuff about you know, abortion and about well, body that, image, yeah. and all the stuff that, that you talk about busy, but yeah, but, but of course that's, you know, mm-hmm. sure. Um, like you've talked yeah. about anxiety uh, a lot. Yeah. I talk about anxiety. I, well, that started sort that's... of on Instagram and social media talking about how I've dealt with my anxiety and, and what it is and what it feels like for me. It's different for everybody. And, you know, just, I think that the, the deal is, we're in this age where we're so oversaturated by all of this shit, right? And um and the deal is to find a way through it that's positive. So like the thing that's positive about social media is that it provides a community. So you could live you could be like, you know, the only gay kid in your like small town in the Midwest or whatever right. that, yes. you know, you feel totally alone and isolated and all that stuff. And you can find an online community that Mm -hmm. supports you and gives you strength and gives you the, the, you know, feeling that like there is, it does get better. There's more out there. I can move. I can get out. You know, you you resonate. Someone said to me, they said, never judge um, the inside of your life on the outside of someone else's life Mm -hmm. on Facebook or 
Right, right, Instagram. right. Because yeah, people yeah, yeah. only you, post the good it, stuff no, on but Facebook. That, but you say no, that. You say that. Well, like, you say people are like, oh, yeah. your girls look so sweet. And I'm like, well, yeah, because I'm not going to post their whole horrible right. moments for well, you Well, I'm not going to do that. Not to those <laughs> and there's private stuff yeah. with your husband you don't yeah, talk yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. me too. Like, and even to post your anxieties on Facebook, you kind of get shunned. Mm, really? By, yeah, by, by friends. I Yeah, I feel that way. That sucks. Yeah. I don't know Facebook, though. I don't do Facebook. Okay, don't blame me. I just feel like I feel like there are ways to find through social media. There are ways to find connection and community. You're right, and there are the positives to it um, that you just have to dig a little bit. I, you know, to try to. But this is why you are described as everybody's dream BFF, the female Mister Rogers who knows all the people in her neighborhood. Oh, that's because funny. I you, you you talked about how this spring busy cried while talking about the mom guilt. She mm-hmm. felt because Bertie's stuffed bears were left behind on a vacation in Hawaii. What ensued was dozens of Instagram stories about friends and hostel, hotel staff searching for the bears. Aww. Radar was found safe, but sadly, Flat Bear remains MIA. R.I.P. R.I.P. I, it reminds me R.I.P. of <laughs> Flat Bear. Best in show. Like, where's Busy Bee? We found the Busy Bee. The Busy Bee! <laughs> I know. I truly, <laughs> yeah, I did feel like a terrible mom. I also felt like a bad mom because it was my older daughter's stuffed bears but like my younger daughter we had kept track of her stuffed animals so like mm-hmm. she had hers and then my oh. older daughter felt that she had been given but her baby book is full her baby yes. book's full I, right. look, <laughs> I it's a good lesson for her to learn early I life is what, full of inequalities i love what you said about i feel pretty amy schumer movie yeah. you were in your husband directed you said i'm so angry that i'm always hard on myself the things that i fundamentally hold to be true as a feminist somehow do not apply to me and i mean i you know, it's interesting. I mean, sometimes as a gay woman or as a feminist, people are like, oh, why do you... I, but I'm a girl, mm-hmm. and I grew up with these images mm-hmm. of women in movies and TV. Right. And you've I been ca- you can't help with... that you care about yeah. what you look like. Well, I think that... Well, it's... But it's like what we were... What we've been programmed with. And so the secret yeah. is, especially if you are a person that has involvement with younger women, you have to try to help you know, undo the programming for future generations. And certainly I think that ad agencies have taken it seriously in the last like 10, I'm going to say 10 years. Maybe I think that there has been some movement in television and film in terms of like more inclusivity. Well, you talk about, I find it strange. Different people. Different shaped people. Yeah, Yeah, that's what you say. I find it strange. People get obsessed about how fast actresses take off their baby weight. Yeah. Because you have two girls and you're like, yeah, you know, it really bums me out. But you say, (laughs) but but here's where you resonate. You say, I'm actually incapable of lying. I'm like a parody of a person who can't lie. So that's why you resonate with women across all the, you know, spectrums Mm -hmm. because you're like, you know, fuck that. Women don't take off baby weight that fast. That's insane. No, it is insane. It is insane. And like the pressures that, you know, actors feel for the, you know, to fit back into the clothes, to get back on set, to all those things. It's, it's highly unrealistic. But again, Stephanie, I'm going to come back to this. Um, The people that are in charge of making the decisions are again, men, men. Yeah. And they're like, wait, I wouldn't fuck her at that weight. So, no, I'm not kidding you. No, it is I know. that basic. I know. It is that basic. I know. I know. I didn't get a part. I write about the story in my book. It was super, uh, it was really horrible for me at the time. But after I had my first daughter, I, the creators of a show, the star of the show, all wanted to cast me as the love interest for the show. And the head of the network, the network said, I was too fat. Like, I still had my baby weight. And they were like, you know, it literally comes down to, like, I wouldn't fuck her. So, therefore, she can't be, even though the creator of the show, mm-hmm. the star, everybody was wanted me to be the part, I couldn't, they wouldn't give it to me because the network execs felt, sitting in their offices, mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not hot it's enough ridiculous. because I'm 20 pounds overweight. And I don't know if it was the opposite thing, Fizzy, but I remember a Disney executive telling me that, their focus group testing for my show, they said, well, women aren't going to like you because you look like you're going to steal their husband. And I was like, well... Right, that's just perpetrating like a patriarchal like, well, idea okay, yeah, I'm of not, what a woman looks like. I, and what, yeah. But, no, right. It's, yeah. But that's all, it all, you know, and, and, and to be honest, like women are at, in some cases are as guilty as the men are in some of these 
you know, perpetrating some of these ideas and yeah. um, and continuing to put into the world uh, the same thing. And then you talk about your kids in that same vein. You say, mm-hmm. I think it's important for kids to express themselves with bad fashion. I struggle a little bit now because I have a daughter and I feel with fashion like they're sexualizing the kids too young. Yeah. Like little kids in high heels and that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, no, I know. And I, I I don't have kids. But like there is that Halloween like you're like, oh, you're a horror fairy mm-hmm. or a horror mm-hmm. um frozen something oh like every yeah every costume's like slutty yes, yeah right? and that's yeah. hard yeah it so is like hard. you be a 10 and a five-year-old little yeah. girl where you're like it's too young to right yeah i mean i'm pretty well but then again i do think because my kids i don't limit their consumption well no we have parental controls and stuff but like my my older daughter especially is like very very aware of everything in the world but i think that she grows up in a house where we talk about certain things in certain ways and we make I make choices about how I talk about my body I make a very I've made a very specific choice about not talking about other women's appearance or yeah, bodies yeah. ever um in front of my daughters or in in the house yeah and she doesn't gravitate towards that stuff and that could change because yeah. obviously it might but she feels imp- I think she feels empowered by the way that we're raising her to yeah. You know, yeah, make different choices. I bet your daughters are going to be president. Um, so or okay. at least I, president of a network, Stephanie. Yes. Right, exactly. And which is more important right for us. Right shows. Yeah, more important. Exactly. For, That's the for more someone that feels like a ninety-year-old right. needs a, a late-night show again. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I just this was just random, and I loved it. I feel like you can never have enough whimsical throw pillows in your house in, or in your life. My husband disagrees. What That's does awesome. that mean? I love that. What do your throw pillows look like? I just like throw pillows. Okay. I like like a decorative pillow. How are they whimsical? What's I don't on know. Them? Like they have like I don't know. They don't have. I'm not like. You know, it's wine o'clock. I'm, that's not my. Like, Bless that's this not mess. My, yeah, no, I'm not that vibe. But I just like. I like like weird. Thr- I don't know. I like throw pillows. Okay, can you explain why you have? I don't a, even know why. Why, do you, why, do you why have, are you pulling this from Stephanie? That's a deep dive. I, I, I did a deep dive. I don't know man. what that is. That's my job as producer is. to give her all the deep. You dive. also like is. designing, creating, and baking very intricate oh, yeah. theme-based custom design cakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, based on the movie Tangled. Oh, I did one. Uh, yeah, I've done times. Okay, for your daughter uh-huh. Birdie when she was three. Uh huh. What? Huh? What's your favorite cake you've ever made? The Tangled one was pretty awesome. Um, I just, yeah, I really liked baking cakes. It was something my mom did. My parents, when they were first married, my dad was in the Navy and was stationed in Hawaii. And I think my mom had a lot of time on her hands. And so she took a cake decorating <laughs> class. Cake. Well, she did. She took a cake decorating class. And then growing up, we always had these really amazing birthday cakes that she would make for us. And I, my sister didn't really, well, she, my sister makes cakes uh, how many now. Sibs? Just one older sister. Yeah. Um, she didn't really take to the caking as much as I did. And so I just learned, my mom just taught me what she knew and I loved making cakes. And I started when I was like in my early twenties, I would make cakes for all my friends. Oh, maybe my late teens. I would like make cakes for all my friends' birthdays and all this stuff. Yeah. But here's like the greatest. I saw them on Jimmy Kimmel. They're, uh, yeah. Astonishing. They're pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the greatest irony of all time is that my daughters don't love cake. So for their birthdays. You know what? what? Fuck them. Let them eat cake. Can I just say let them eat cake? For for 30s. Birthday, she like never wants. She doesn't want a cake anymore. She All just right. wants snow cones or I don't Whatever. know. She wants other okay. stuff. Yeah, snow cones outside good. the box. Yeah, Fucking she, communist. Yeah, kids, yeah well, rebels. I'm sorry. Okay, can I? You have, can you mm-hmm. explain one thing? Because I love Blades of Glory. How, oh why, yeah. What's your story by credit in Blades of Glory? Because we particularly love Denver. It's a whole chapter in the book. Yeah. You gotta read it. We love Denver. You, Denver. City by the Bay. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's an well, exhausting story, but it's but it also is you know like basically the whole thematically what I what I tried to do with my memoir was that I wanted to speak to my experience growing up at this particular time um, as a woman but also in Hollywood at this particular time and how much it had affected who I became and influenced me and um, you know and and that was one of those stories that had a lot to do with uh, men getting their voice and me not having mine and it was a bummer it was a real yeah. setback for me it was really difficult and you, emotionally draining you famously talk in your book about uh on freaks and geeks that james franco like shoved you to the floor mm-hmm. in like a scene and then apologize but you, you sort of talk about 
you know what that you know women just kind of because he's charming and handsome and you just were like oh, okay and then you said i found myself apologizing to him what was that a, what was that about well yeah i mean that is a story that we had talked about well everybody on the show like we had talked about it collectively for years and talked about it on panels like a paley center panel or something whatever um, and then I guess when the, you know, when, when the book came out in light of the past, the year previous of me too, and, um, I guess James had faced his own sort of things, allegations or whatever. Yeah. Um, that story really got, was the one from my book that got taken and blown up and sort of put into sure. the machine of the internet. And, um, and it was, that was really annoying for me, um, for a few reasons because I felt like. I wrote this book. I worked really hard on it. I did it myself. And then all of the headlines that were coming out in the week before it came out were reduced to being about a dude. Yeah. Of course. And of course. It was exhausting. It was just exhausting. I was like, this again, this is what my whole fucking book's about. Like, are you yeah. fucking kidding yeah. me? Don't you get it? That yeah. This um, is, yeah. But also to illustrate just how things have changed, I, I do think that uh, if that those 19 year old kids were on a set today and that situation happened, it wouldn't be tolerated. And I yeah. think that he would it's be fired. <laughs> yeah. You know, I and mean, you said I he wasn't little, fired. He just was no, forced he, to was apologize. Like a slap yeah. on the wrist. He like was forced to apologize to me. And, you know, it was like a little bit like, Oh, you know, he's method and there, there's tricky. And, um, and James and I are fine. I'm like, we've dealt with it. And, you yeah. know, yeah. He's soul cycles with Mark. <laughs> he's what? He's soul cycles, cycles with Mark. Soul cycles. Mark see, and Mark see and soul you guys together. mock us. I mean, you mock us, but soul cycle truly, is the. But it's truly lighter. Like, you know, it, it's truly one of the stories that I can point to in my career in Hollywood, which is that boys, you know, the men had preferential treatment. Like you can be crazy and a man in this industry, but if you're crazy and a woman, yeah, you can it. fucking forget it. You're not getting hired right. again. You're not getting cast. You're getting fired. You're getting written off of shows. Sean Young. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, yeah. there's, I mean, there's yeah. Deborah Winger. Exactly. Um, you can be brilliant yeah. um, as a woman. Margot Kidder. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are so they, many they yeah. examples. Coined, they coined the phrase "wactress." Oh, she's a wactress. And yeah. I just feel, I mean, obviously, like you know, hashtag times up. But like that should, <laughs> you know, that's over. Yeah. That at yeah. least in our industry, I think you're starting to see accountability yes. for feel, men's bad behavior on I set. I feel hopeful too, busy and part of that's because of you, because of the power of your testimony, of the reaction to your, you know, you know me campaign, I your friendship with um with Michelle Williams. I loved reading about you met on the set of Dawson's Creek. You said I, I liked her immediately. She offered me a Fig Newton. I'm my best friend oh. since I was five. Tracy Richards of Lockport, New York. I offered her a graham cracker at the bus stop. <laughs> but you said she helped, you know, talk you through your divorce, you know, your your marriage problems. And, you know, I didn't get divorced. Oh, no, I know, of course. Yeah. But, but but that you stayed together, but that, that, that she was that kind of friend mm-hmm. that she counseled you through that. And look what she's been through with Heath, that she lost Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. And you just think, well, everybody's like, got their stuff, man, yeah. you know, like, and I do feel like, you know, forming strong relationships is what we got to do to get through it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I okay. One more moment from your book. You were at uh, Hillary's election night mm-hmm. party. In yeah, that 2016 was a real... in New York. Started to get visibly upset uh-huh. when Trump began pulling ahead. Lady Gaga uh-huh. noticed you crying uh-huh. from across the room, pointed at you, and shouted, "No, yeah, we need positivity. positivity. No tears. Oh. This is not over." Yeah, I know. I was like, "Girl, it's over." <laughs> All right. Well, you were right, and she was wrong. But my point is the power the of the sister. Th- Abby that night in West Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> like, my point is. Like, my point is. Really that night was so. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The point is, we're going to win the world because of women like you. I just. Love I hope you. so. You I know, there's a tweet that you just said, "Exhausted by idiots." I am exhausted by idiots <laughs> always. But I. But you know, there's this. Uh, there's a quote from the Talmud. You know, which is the. The oral I know what it is. Okay, fine. Right. <laughs> so the quote from the Talmud is you're not obligated to complete I the saw work, Yentl. but neither are you free to abandon it. Yeah. You're not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. Yeah. So that's what I have taken to yeah. heart. Yeah. It's not my it might not be my job to complete it, 
many women have come before me. Women will come yeah. after me. We all stand but on it, each other's but shoulders. But just because yeah. I, I, it feels insurmountable at times, does it, just because the environment feels un, insurmountable at times, just because Trump feels insurmountable at times, it doesn't mean that we're allowed to turn our backs and ignore it. So that's yeah. how I try to yeah. move through the world. You are my new Shiro. Oh, you're yeah. so nice. Thanks. You are my Mrs. Rogers. You're what? Whatever. <laughs> you People Rogers. call her the female Mrs. Rogers. Yeah. Mr. Rogers. Ms. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't know what to end with. For adults. I feel yeah. like with wine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do Born This Way? Should we do, I don't know, something Gaga? Something yeah, I love Gaga. Sisterhood? Should we do yes. something? I think I get my nails done. Oh. <gasps> Yeah. Oh my God. I have gels. Talk to me about that because I have gels. They're supposed to last for <laughs> two weeks. And look at this. This is already chipping. I do <gasps> hard. I love gel. your yellow nails at the House Judiciary oh, hearing. Yeah. <gasps> you had bright yellow yeah, nails. Yeah, I didn't even think about changing that color. Were they gels? Yeah, gels. Oh, I do they're hard fantastic. gel. Hard gel is different than that, what you have on your nails. You have to ask for, you have to find some place that does the hard, hard Japanese gel nail. What? Yeah. It's different. Now you're on a quest. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I'll, this is like you were not do, born this, this way. You weren't born this yeah. way for your nails. <laughs> what? Oh. I don't. What? Ow! Between this and the drag queen teaching how to put on lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> She's also been a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. I went We've had several ago. of the queens here. Nina West was here. Oh, Nina West, amazing. Alaska Thunderfuck. Yeah. Amazing. I love them. Talk about somebody putting something amazing into the world, into mainstream and into pop culture. That RuPaul is really changing the hearts and minds of people who maybe would think other, you know, have thought otherwise five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Thanks for getting unbusy for us. We couldn't help it. We couldn't help it. She's never heard that joke. Busy Phillips. Yeah, thank you, Busy. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Whether you're broke or evergreen, your black, white, beige, show like your Lebanese, your Orient. Whether life's disabilities left you outcast for leader Hey, this is Frangela, and we host the Final Word with Frangela and Idiot of the Week podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll love our show, where every week we talk about real news, real funny. So come on over and listen to The Final Word with Frangela and find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.